It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at clipit.tv or check them on Twitter at clipittv. Hey, everybody. John Barcher checking in again, and I just got to say, what a week one it was for your Philadelphia Eagles. Kirk Coupon showed up just like I thought he would, throwing worm balls, being inaccurate, and the Eagles get out with a win. And I know some of you might be looking at your fantasy lineups from this weekend and be getting a little disappointed. There's a lot of guys that got dinged up already. Maybe your fantasy season is all over, but not to worry. DraftKings is here for your one-week fantasy football, and this Sunday, they're doing it again. DraftKings is hosting a $100,000 Pick'em contest that is totally 100% free. Pick'em is the newest way to play one-week fantasy football. Drafting your teams is faster than ever. DraftKings has organized players into eight tiers, and all you have to do is select one player from each tier. You can choose from public contests with big cash prizes or private contests where you can compete against a group of friends and DraftKings also has beginner and casual contests where you'll play against people of similar skill level. The best part is you get to draft a new team each week without any commitment. So get to DraftKings.com right now and use the promo code BGNR to play in DraftKings free contest with $100,000 in total prizes this Sunday. That's promo code BGNR to compete for your share of $100,000 in total prizes. The contest is totally free to enter, so why wouldn't you try? DraftKings, the game inside the game. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. You're listening to BGN Radio. Bajo presión, suelta el balón. Intercepción! Intercepción de los Eagles! Los Eagles se la robaron! Jalen Mills! Three words for you guys after that Eagles win over the Washington Redskins on Sunday, 30-17. Three words. You like that. The Eagles did it. They finally broke the streak. They went down to Washington. They finally got their first win down there since 2013, almost four years ago, or over four years ago even, and their first win over Washington, period which was a home game back in September 2014 against the Redskins. So the Eagles did it. They got the monkey off their back. They finally beat Washington, and it is a great thing. It is a great way 
to start off the season here. I'm Brandon Lee Gowton. This is BGN Radio Daily, your Monday episode with me. Um, I'm glad to be with here with you guys today on an Eagles Aftermath Victory Show. Uh, loss, a, a show after a loss, probably not as fun as the one hopefully that will be today. Going over the Eagles win, and again, just what a relief to win that game and and just finally beat that Washington team that they're just not good. And for them to have beaten the Eagles and for the Eagles to not have been able to beat them for this long, it was a disgrace. So they finally did it. They won. It's great. They're 1-0. and And it's I, I'm feeling good. I, I had a good feeling about this game going into this week. They got it done. I have to relish in it. I have to go on Twitter you can follow me on Twitter at Brandon Gowton and check out my my trolling uh, succession of tweets where I post a bunch of uh, Kirk Cousin vines from last year or just over the years saying of him saying you like that and all that ridiculous stuff. Um, just feels good, man, to, to finally get that win. So uh, besides that, I want to get into some other things today. Obviously, John and James did a great job of breaking down the Eagles' big win on the BGN Radio postgame show, which you can find on the Facebook page if you're watching now. Uh, there's a video of that. Or you can check on our iTunes feed or any kind of podcast app that you may listen to. Uh, tune in, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, all of that. Go and give us a five-star rating on iTunes and a review if you do like the podcast. That helps. Um, So yeah, go listen to that if you want the full breakdown of the whole recap show. But for me, today, I wanted to get into some of the aftermath of what happened yesterday. Ronald Darby gets injured in the Washington game, and it's terrible. It looks like he could be out for the season. He's getting carted off. Everyone's like... What are we going to do now? We're back to square one where the Eagles didn't have any good cornerbacks to begin with. And they lose their best one. And it's just, it's almost to the point of just like, all right, you lose Ronald Darby. Even if you win this game, how good are you really even feeling about the rest of the season? So thankfully, according to Ian Rappaport, it sounds like Ronald Darby is going to only miss four to six weeks. And... That's, you know, it's not ideal because that's still a significant amount of time and the Eagles still don't have a lot at cornerback. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do with him out there. Um, uh, Rizul Douglas probably going to be stepping in as Doug Peterson kind of indicated today during his press conference. Patrick Robinson did a really good job of filling in, which is shocking. But I don't think the Eagles want to keep him there. Doug Peterson did say the Eagles want to keep Patrick Robinson in the slot. So I think he'll be in there. I think Douglas will get some more time on the outside after being inactive in week one. And who knows, maybe they'll activate Dexter McDougal. Not to put him on the outside, but just to have another body in case they need a guy. Uh, Jalen Mills, I thought, played relatively well You know, in week one. I, I don't want to say that he looked perfect by any means. I think Pro Football Focus had put out that he gave up 10 receptions for uh, 108 yards, so it's not like he's this lockdown corner, but he did come up with that big interception in the red zone. He did make that big pass breakup in the red zone, 
So Jalen Mills obviously battling out there and giving the Eagles something to work with. Uh, definitely an encouraging start to the season for him. But with Darby out, definitely a big loss to the defense. Uh, Rizzo Douglas is going to have to come in and step up right away. And I'm, I'm skeptical because honestly, watching Rizzo Douglas in the preseason games and, and training camp and offseason practices, there were some positives for sure. He's definitely good at being around the ball in terms of uh, getting his hand on pass deflections. And he had eight interceptions last year in college, which tied the nation. So he can definitely make plays on the ball. There's no question about it. At the same time, that aggressiveness can not always pay off because it, it can hurt him because I've seen him get beat deep a lot in practice. He's not the fastest cornerback. I've seen David Watford, who was a, a quarterback, turned into a wide receiver on the practice squad last year, burn Rizul Douglas. And it wasn't even just like he beat him and it was a you know, a close play. It was like Rizul Douglas wasn't even close to being in coverage. So when I see things like that, I get the impression all along that he's not ready to play. And the fact that the Eagles didn't activate him in week one tells me the coaches don't think he's really ready to play right away. So that's a concern as well. You still have Jalen Watkins. He had a really nice tackle on a short play, a short throw from Cousins uh, yesterday. So it's it's good to see Watkins have a positive, or at least make a positive play. He might get some playing time in there. The Eagles might just have to rotate some of the guys, uh, some of their cornerbacks that they have. Uh, it's not going to be it's not going to be pretty. And one of the things that can make it hopefully a little more uh, better is the fact that the Eagles have this strong pass rush. I can't, man, what was I saying all offseason about this pass rush? I said, this pass rush is going to eat. And now I don't think I had a lot of skeptics, so I'm not saying you guys didn't believe me, but I just kept I just kept focusing on that, and I just kept telling myself that, and it came true. The Eagles dominated a very, very good Washington offensive line. The offensive, the Washington offensive line allowed the fourth fewest amount of sacks last year, and they were tied for second in football outsiders adjusted sack rate uh, percentage that they do. So anyway, you slice it up. Washington has a very good offensive line, at least when it comes to pass protection. The, the run blocking isn't as good, but the pass protection is good. And the Eagles dominated them. Four sacks. You just you saw the pressure they were getting on our friend Kirk Cousins. Timmy Jernigan put a huge hit on him on that sack he had. Used a swim move to get by the guard. Bam! Right inside. Put a big hit on Cousins. We saw, obviously, Fletcher Cox strip Cousins when rushing from the defensive end spot, which is an interesting look. It's totally got around. Well, he, he didn't get around him, but, you know, Fletcher Cox is bearing down on Cousins with Morgan Mogus trying to block him. And while Fletcher Cox is rushing into Kirk Cousins, and one of his hands is occupied with Morgan Mogus, the other, or Moses, the other one is batting down the ball, and Jordan Hicks recovers. And then obviously late in the game, you have um, <clears throat> Brandon Graham rush in. He had two sacks along with four hurries, and he makes that big play to end the game. And about that play, I, I feel like we have to talk a little bit. I'm sure um, we were John and James covered this, and it's it's been a lot of topic down in D.C., I'm sure. But you look at it, and to me, I watch it on replay. At first, I thought it was like, oh, man, that's a pass. I watch it on replay, 
I don't know. And if you don't know, you can't overturn it. So that's where I'm at with that. Uh, some of the other big news to come out of the game, not as good news as the Ronald Darby thing, the fact that Ronald Darby is only going to miss four to six weeks after looking like it could be the, the year for him. The other, the bad news is that the Eagles need a new kicker because Caleb Sturgis apparently has some kind of issue with his plant leg, his non-kicking leg, that's going to make it so that he's not going to be able to kick for the next several weeks. So it sounds like the Eagles are going to work out some kickers. Doug Peterson said as much uh, during his press conference on Monday. And, you know, it's slim pickings. The, there's not, it's not like there's a ton of great free agent kickers out there. I mean, maybe you get a guy it just so worked out that the Eagles got Sturgis a couple of years ago and he's still with the team, so you never know. But uh, it sounds like Ian Rappaport said the Eagles could be looking at Bengals' practice squad kicker, which, first of all, who keeps a kicker on their practice squad? I think that's funny. Uh, Jake Elliott. Mike Nugent has also been thrown out there. Uh, Nick Novak is a free agent, and he's a guy the Eagles actually worked out back when they worked out Caleb Sturgis a couple years ago, I remember hearing that Novak was the runner-up to Sturgis. So uh, Chip Kelly was head coach then, and it, things were different. Howie Roseman wasn't in control, so I don't know if that still applies or what. But uh, another thing to note that Cody Parkey is not a free agent. Uh, he had, he got cut by the Browns in uh, final cuts a week or so ago, but it uh, looks like the Dolphins picked him up. So Cody Parkey won't be coming back to Philly to, to fill in for Sturgis. And one of the other things about Sturgis, that whole situation is what are the Eagles going to do with the roster spot? Because to, to sign a kicker, the Eagles are going to need to free up a spot. And if Sturgis is only going to be out a couple weeks, do you really want to put him on injured reserve? Maybe because then, but that means he's out eight weeks for sure. And then you can bring him back, but then after that, you can only bring one other player back from injured reserve. So when you put a player on injured reserve, you can only bring two of them back per season. Uh, so if they use it on, on Sturgis, that's one of the two. And do you really want to use that on your kicker? I don't know. Maybe you just want to hang on to him and have that second kicker and then cut that second kicker that you bring in soon here when Sturgis gets healthy. Or, uh, you know, Ronald Darby. I don't think you put him on injured reserve because if he can come back in as soon as four weeks, which I don't think is likely because one of the things to note about that is the Eagles playing a Thursday night in four weeks. And that means it's a short week. And I just don't think you're going to have Darby suddenly be able to jump back into practice with the, for only a couple of days and be all the ready to go. That seems kind of rushed to me. I think at the earliest, it could be five weeks when the Eagles play Washington again, funny enough. And, that would be on Monday Night Football. So uh, they have that extra day, and maybe that could make the difference in terms of Darby returning then. But as far as Sturgis goes, um, or the kicker thing goes, and opening up a spot for the new guy, uh, I don't think you can put Darby on injured reserve because, again, if he's only going to miss four weeks, he you don't want to put him on injured reserve because then that's just potentially four weeks where he's actually healthy and he just can't play because he's on the injured reserve list so that's kind of going to be an interesting decision there the Eagles might just have to cut someone maybe they cut Najee Good or 
Joe Walker, someone like that at the bottom of the roster to make space for a second kicker. And it's just not ideal. It's certainly not a, a great situation to be losing your kicker at all. But uh, it's where the Eagles are at right now. So we'll, they'll work out some guys this week. We'll see how that goes. Um, and then we'll see how the roster decision goes too. It'll be interesting. Um, I wonder if the Eagles will work out some free agent cornerbacks too with Darby getting hurt. Maybe just try to look at some guys, uh, evaluate some of their options there as well. Um, a couple of the other things I wanted to get to today is our weekly over-under segment. Of course, brought to us by, not a sponsor, but just brought to us by our good friend, Stephen Lee, 20. That's Stephen with a PH underscore Lee, 20 on Twitter. Make sure you give Stephen a follow. Great guy. Did a great job on our podcast, preview podcast with John Barchard and Vince Quinn last week. Uh, part of the Patreon uh, subscriber package of $25 and more where you can be on our podcast. You have your own segment. So if you're interested in doing that, like Stephen Lee did, and he did a great job, make sure you check us out on patreon.com backslash BGN radio, where you can also check out some of the new stuff. Vince will be doing NFC East show. We're doing some other stuff with that. Uh, the fourth quarter podcast, which is some of the, the pre and post game content from our show. So make sure you check out all of that again on patreon.com backslash BGN radio. But for now, getting into Stephen Lee's three over unders for the daily Monday, Monday podcast that I do. Uh, they all focus around the chiefs game, which is next week. Uh, so we're, we're looking ahead already to Kansas city. The chiefs obviously beat the crap out of the Patriots pretty much on the opening kickoff game last Thursday. They've had that chance for extra rest, so I don't feel good about that. Andy Reid, as we know, is always great when he has extra time to prepare for games. Just look at his record after the bye. I think he's only lost, I think he's still only lost like one game ever after the bye. So, and that was in 2012 when the team was just terrible. Um, so the over-under for the, the Chiefs games, we have three. The first one, Nelson Aguilar, 50 yards. First of all, let me address Nelson Aguilar's performance from Sunday against Washington. Wow. I mean, who saw that coming? I, I know Aguilar's had a good offseason, but still, he's been so bad up to this point. It's still surprising. It's you know He can have as good as an offseason as anyone can have. It's still not a given that he's going to produce in the regular season, given the way he struggled and and too much to Aguilar's credit, he looked good. He looked really good against Washington. He had the big play, but it wasn't just that big play. He also had five other receptions along to go along with that. He had eight targets in total. He had 86 yards. That was the most out of all the Eagles receivers. It was only seven yards behind Zach Ertz, who led all the team in receiving. So great start to ne- for Nelson Aguilar. But, hey. He had a good start last year against the Browns. So um, got to see more consistency out of him, which is why this question comes from Stephen Lee. And it is a question of being over under 50 yards for Nelson Aguilar in week two. As it stands right now, um, I think I have to take the under because – wait, I said the under. Sorry, I'm saying the over because – 
Why not? I mean, if Aguilar's going to look this good and he's going to get, he got eight targets. If he's going to get a good amount of targets, uh, I'm I'm going to say potentially he can get that over. I believe Marcus Peters will be covering Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, I was watching the Patriots Chiefs game last week and, and there were some struggles with Kansas City's defense covering the slot receivers. So Aguilar might have some opportunities there. I think he can get over 50 yards. And how crazy is that? Me having suddenly a ton of faith in him when last year, and, or in years past, the past two years, his career high was 68 yards. So I can't believe I'm saying it, but I think I'm taking the over on Nelson Aguilar. Definitely, again, off to a great start, but it's now it's how he builds on that. You know, It's one thing to flash one week and then not show up for a bunch of other weeks. He, he needs to consistently string these games together, and if he can start doing that, then he's going to start eliminating all of that doubt. So... Uh, we'll see if he can do that. Now, the team as a whole, 70 rushing yards, over, under for 70 rushing yards. And again, this relates to what we saw against Washington in week one, where the running game, I know it's a big shock, did not look any good. It, the run blocking wasn't great. The running backs themselves didn't look anything threatening at all. I thought LeGarrette Blunt did fine. He had 14 carries for 46 yards, 3.3 average, which is not a good average, but it was much better than everyone else. Uh, he did have the receiving touchdown as well, which is, funny enough, the second of his career, despite the fact he's played 101 games, obviously not much of a, a pass catcher. But uh, I thought that was an interesting play call by Doug Peterson, by the way. Um, Yeah, they, so the Eagles as a whole... They rushed for 24, or they had 24 carries, and they rushed for 58 yards. That's a 2.4 average. It's just not good. It's not good. They Again, the blocking, yeah, it's not great. You saw it. The blocking needs to be better, no question. But even when the blocking is good, the Eagles just don't have a home run hitter that can really make something happen. Wendell Smallwood is supposed to be that guy. And Darren Sproles will have some of those plays here and there, but Darren Sproles isn't a full-time player. And honestly, neither is Wendell Smallwood because Wendell Smallwood might be the best pure runner on the team, but he can't pass block. And when you the coaches can't trust a player in pass protection, then that's not good because it makes that player one-dimensional. And then if that player starts to struggle in pass protection and they know the other team is only putting that rusher out there, not to do that and just to run the ball, then the other team already knows what's coming and then it's easier to stop. So that's a problem. Smallwood only had four yards on four carries. Um, I just, I don't have a lot of faith in this running back group right now, which should not come as a surprise to you. Um, I've been saying it all off season and especially recently. I mean, the fact that Donnell Pumphrey, who the Eagles spent a fourth round pick on and a seventh because they traded up for him is inactive on the game day roster and you're struggling and this is a good running back draft class and the Eagles don't have a second and third round pick right now in next year's draft. It's just like, all right, how are they going to get this running back all of a sudden to fix everything and how are they going to improve the offensive line? So it's one week. I don't want to say the Eagles are doomed. Maybe they'll, I'm sure they'll have some better weeks than this. I mean, that's a very low bar to set, but for right now, don't feel good about the running game. And that puts a lot of pressure on Carson Wentz to perform. Now, the Eagles drafted Carson Wentz with the idea he's going to be this key player. 
So it's not like they're going to be this run-oriented team ever. It would still, though, be nice to have a running back group that could at least take some of the pressure off Wentz if he isn't having a good day. And it's not like he had a bad day against the Washington by any means. Obviously had over 300 yards, two touchdowns. The interception he threw was a a tipped pass, so not totally his fault. Uh, 96.8 passer rating. But still, you know, a lot of those passes were inaccurate. You saw the deep balls. He overthrew Torrey Smith. He underthrew Torrey Smith. Some of those could have been picked off. He had the one over the middle to Nelson Aguilar. That was a short four-yard, five-yard play. It was overthrown. Uh, That's an issue. Those could turn into turnovers. And Carson Wentz is going to have to throw a lot more, and those issues could happen if he's pressured to throw all the time. So if you had a nice running game, all I'm saying is it would be great to have that to take the pressure off of Carson. Uh, One thing that can take the pressure pressure off of Carson in the running game and the offense as a whole is the defense. Now, I was saying this earlier in the show. The defense is looking pretty good, especially the pass rush and the, the, the front four, all of that. They had four sacks against Washington. Again, as I said earlier in the show, a Washington offensive line that's very good. But do I think for the third over and under that the Eagles will get over or under four sacks against the Chiefs? Personally, I think it's going to be hard for them to get the over on that. Uh, four sacks is a lot. You're on the road, so you don't have the advantage of uh, you know the crowd noise to your favor and kind of making life harder on the other offense. That's going to be a problem. Uh, Alex Smith did get sacked three times in the Patriots game, so that's worth considering. He is mobile, so he's not the easiest guy necessarily to bring down. He can he can uh, get on the run. And honestly, Alex Smith looked pretty good overall in that first game. He had 148.6 passer rating, completed uh, 28 out of 35 of his passes, 368 yards, four touchdowns. And that was a really good performance. Kareem Hunt obviously went off in that game. Tyreek Hill had a big game as well. Those are going to be tough guys for the Eagles to defend against Kansas City. Um, I don't I don't see them getting over four sacks. I would take the under on that. I do think they'll get a lot of pressure still because I think this Eagles off defensive line is going to get pressure all season long. I'm not concerned about them that happening. But as far as just straight up sacks go. I, I just don't. I just don't have a good feeling about this week. I, I had a really good feeling about last week's game this past week against Washington. I, I just knew in my head that the Eagles were hungry for this win and way hungrier than Washington was. And just the fact that Washington isn't a great team. And I was right about that. Now going on the road against Kansas City again, where they've had extra time to prepare because they played on last Thursday. And just the fact that Andy Reid knows Doug Peterson. And you can say Doug Peterson knows Andy too, and that's true. But Andy Reid has been around a lot longer than Doug. And I'm really interested to see how that's going to work out considering Doug learned everything he knows, or at least a lot of what he knows from Andy. Uh, That'll be an interesting game to watch for sure. I don't have a great feeling about it. But honestly, let me tell you, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they lose that game. You want to win every game, but it's an AFC game, and those games don't count a ton in the tie, uh, the tiebreakers for the playoffs. It's not like a divisional game. For example, 
you know, if let's say the the Eagles lose this game against the Chiefs, but they come back home and they win against the Giants, you're two and one, but you're two and zero in the division and you're two and zero in the conference. Like that's way better than you know. That's that's fine. You're fine if you're there. So I'm really not too worried about the outcome of this game as a whole. I always think back to when the Eagles went one and three in 2013, Chip's first season, and they went one and three, and it didn't look good. But you have to consider that they went one and zero against Washington. They were the first game was against Washington, and they won, so they were one and zero in the division. As my good friend Eddie Kemble joins in here, along with John Barchard. What's going on, Eddie? What's going on, John? Of course, checking in. Um, uh, so yeah, so the Eagles were one and three in 2013, but three of those losses were AFC losses. They lost to the Chiefs, the Chargers, and the Broncos. So it didn't really matter a ton because those, again, those things don't really come into play as much when it comes down to those tiebreakers in the division and in the conference and the seeding and the playoffs. So not totally worried about this Chiefs game not looking great on paper. We'll see how it plays out. Um, I think that mostly does it for today's show. Going to keep it on the shorter side with these dailies in Andy Reid. So... Uh, if you enjoyed this, again, go to iTunes, download our podcast, BGN Radio, give us a review, a rating, uh, check us out on all the podcast feeds that we have, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, SoundCloud, anything else I didn't mention, we're there. Again, if you want more BGN Radio bonus content, check us out on patreon.com backslash BGN Radio. Follow me on Twitter, at Brandon Gowton, follow Bleeding Green Nation, dot com's twitter account that's at bleeding green if you're listening to this live I, I thank you again for tuning in if you're listening to this on the replay you can always check out these live videos on our bleeding green nation facebook page that's facebook.com backslash bleeding green nation and our podcast facebook page that's facebook.com backslash bgn radio podcast so go do all that go check that out Uh, Have a good week, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Go Birds.